us, Lord, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We say thank you for this opportunity to come and minister your word to your people today that we might change lives or heal hearts or heal families that may be broken and downtrodden and beholden. You know, Lord, we just thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you, Lord, for the, even the rain tonight, for it had its purpose also. We say thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for us. We cannot thank you enough for what you have done for us, Lord. We thank you for this place we can come, Lord, and we had an opportunity to minister, evangelize your people through Facebook that they may hear the word of God. Therefore, due to this dynamic pandemic we have, Lord, you still make a way for us to get the word out to your people regardless of what's going on around us, Lord. We say, Lord, we know that you are still on the throne. You're in control. The world may be in chaos, Lord, but we know that we can lean and depend on you to take care of what you say in the Bible. Look to the hills from which cometh our help, and we know our help comes from you because you are awesome, great God, and you take care of all of your creation. You never let us down. You always be on time regardless of what happens, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all you have done for us, Lord. Bless each and every person that tuning into our Facebook, the Bible says this evening, Lord, they may learn something or be healed from something, or if the problem they have, Lord, just roll away, Lord, but keep their trust in you, Lord, even though it don't look too good, Lord, but we should walk by faith and not by sight, trusting in you, O oh God, that you got us regardless of the way it looks, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this great church and that you have given us stewardship over, Lord. And we, Lord, we want to just do the best we can that we be pleasing unto you, Lord, for the work we do, that we take it out to this lost and dying world, that we may heal hearts and men's souls and, and, and just make disciples. And that's what Jesus commanded us to do, go ye therefore teaching and preaching the gospel and making disciples and loving others like we love ourselves. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings. In your holy son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Good evening. Tonight, we continue our study on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And our theme scripture that we was basing it on is Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, which says us, We and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promise, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance unto the redemption of those who are promised, who are God's possession, to the praise of his wonderful and divine glory. 
as we can begin to understand that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is like our uh, man John Salt said, no one has understood the gospel who has not grasped that Christianity is first inward and spiritual and secondly, a divine work of grace. And then B.B. Warford Warfield says, Christians are primarily the purchase redemption of God. God has purchased them, purchased them for himself by his precious blood of his son. But the purchase is one thing, and the delivery of the goods is another. There remains, according to the day of redemption, yet in the future until which the purchased possession is to be bought. Meanwhile, because we are purchased, we are God's possession, and we're sealed to him to do faithful, to fulfill the redemption to take place on that day. The seal of redemption is the Holy Spirit, which is inward, so that we will be able to do and be a part of that eternal work of here of the Spirit of God in our life. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the first thing that he's here to do is to bear witness to Christ, to the human spirit, through the Holy Spirit, to redeem the human back unto God through the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. So his first primary mission is to save or Bring the human back into the bought possession of God who created him since the beginning of time. But the key to this is he may have created him and he may have uh, uh, um, called him as his prized possession, but the prized possession, like Satan, chose to disobey God. So, uh, since Satan, who was with God, wanted to be like God, so he ended up falling, then the work that Christ did on the cross cannot redeem him because deep down inside, he already knew who Christ was and he rejected him. And Adam knew who Christ was, but he rejected him too by the disobedience. Now, Satan rejected him through who he was. Adam, dis Adam and Eve rejected him through disobedience. They knew who he was, but they disobeyed what he had commanded them to do. Satan disobeyed him because they knew he knew who he was, and he was not going to be no less than who he was. So those are the distinct differences between Adam's fall and Satan's fall. So, but Jesus, long before the foundation of the world, was coming to redeem God's prized possession, which is man. And the way he was going to do it is through the divine redemptive work of the cross. And once the work of the cross was done, then Christ sold, uh, brought in the third entity, the, the third person of the Godhead to do his work that is now 
and forever, which is to seal the human in the redemptive work of the Holy Spirit. Now, well, let me show you the difference. Remember, when Jesus died and he descended into the lower parts of the earth, he preached to the captives to set them free. They, they had the opportunity right then to go with Jesus like the thief on the cross. Today, you will be with me in paradise. So they didn't need to be sealed by the Holy Spirit because they were already dead in the body but alive in the spirit. And those that chose to go with Jesus went with him the day he rose. But the rest of the people who is still alive on earth is under the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit who is constantly bringing and searching for the human to make the decision to follow and believe in Jesus Christ so he can give them that seal of being that prized possession of God for all of eternity. And there's no other way to get it except through the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's why in our study today, one of the most uh, important distinctions of Christianity's spirituality is the believer's unique relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is so important. The believer's unique relationship with the Holy Spirit. Most believers don't have that relationship with the Holy Spirit because most of them don't give him credit. Most of us don't acknowledge him. Most of him don't really care if he exists. We only want the Jesus part, not understanding the worker who's here to do ministry today is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit plays a central role in both our initial salvation experience and in the Christian's life following the conversion. Yes. Yes, that, that is so true. 90% of the problem is our preachings and teachings is not guided or, or emphasizing his work here on earth and his purpose. So we really don't preach and teach about him because he is that mystery to us, but yet he is a vital part of what, what the reason why we are able to do what we need to do. So like it says, he's the central role in not only saving us, but he also is key to our life as we continue on until death. So the Christian life is a life in the spirit. The Christian life is the life in the spirit. Most people do not understand that the Spirit is here for them and lead them and guide them into what God has created them to do. 
once they get born again. So the reason why we are so um, um, lost or, or, or searching so much is because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work, which is the work in the Christian's life that, that we are here to follow him and the directions and the things that God has created for us to do. And so the first thing that you got to me, you need to get in you is to understand that my Christian life is a life based on and with the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So if my, if my life is not trying to follow and acknowledge and, why, and deal with the Holy Spirit, and I want to deal with my flesh, and I want to deal with my natural desires, and I want to deal with this physical world, then we're going to miss what the Holy Spirit is really here to help us do. So, let's look at the, 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 the basic foundation of his first thing the Holy Spirit is here to do. And it starts off with the familiar scriptures, but it's the truth. And when he talks about in John 3, 1 through 8, he tells us these things. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, come from God, but no one can do the th these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him and said, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born, uh, be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where, where it wishes, and you can hear the sound of it. But you cannot tell whether it comes from, where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the who is born of the spirit and these are the key things cuz Jesus is emphasizing a spiritual birth that is going to come through the foundation of the holy spirit and the work of the holy spirit now nicodemus unlike what we think was a good Pharisee. He tried to follow the laws. He tried to live the life that God wanted the Pharisees to live. But Nicodemus knew Jesus was somebody different. 
There's been many of folks that came around talking about they were the Messiah, but he saw that there was something different about Jesus, and he wanted to know more about Jesus. So he fought, came to Jesus at night so that he could have Jesus' uninterrupted attention to sit down and learn more about who Jesus was and more about what Jesus was here to do. And Jesus gave him the first thing that needed to be done. The first thing that a person that wanted to believe in Jesus, they had to acknowledge who Jesus was, and, but they had to be born again, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. And now what Jesus is saying, that this new thing that's going to happen is I'm going to now replace your, your human-natured spirit with my Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit came into you, he transforms your human spirit back into the original spirit that God had breathed in Adam. But now here's where our problems is with this being born again. We think if we 55 and get born again, we think we 55 in the Christian life. No, you're two days old in the Christian life because then you got to allow the spirit to grow in you and start to transform you from the inside out to display the life of Christ in your life. That's the whole point of being born again, is to be transformed into the new life that you're going to be born into. Like, and see, here's the thing about it. I like this word. We have to travail through our Christian walk. Jesus travailed on the cross. When a woman is getting ready to give birth to a child, she travails in labor pains. And the same thing is happening with the Christian when they are born again. We are starting to travail through this world through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and we are going through these painful things to grow into what Christ is wanting us to be. Now, here's the key to this. What makes it painful? Because most of the pain and the suffering is internal within ourselves, fighting the world and our fleshly nature versus what the Spirit is trying to teach us and grow into. So being born again is such a significant part. It is the significant part of becoming a Christian life under the guidance of the Spirit. So when we look at these scriptures, we must understand how important this is. Most of us believe it's important. But most of us don't want to understand that it is the beginning of our Christian life. Not the beginning of your salvation. You're saved. 
But your true Christian life, this is the beginning of it once you are born again. And this is where we get stuck at or we decide to stay. Well, I'm already born again. I'm saved. I'm good. True. But are you trying to live the Christian life under the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit who now is in you, whose job after he saves you is to now try to get you to live the Christian life that God wants you to live. And this is where most people are stuck at. Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not just to save you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is also there to lead you to live the spiritual Christian life of being born again. And like you said, Reverend Murphy, most of us, since we don't preach it, since we don't teach it, since we don't emphasize it, so we miss it because we, we get satisfied and sealed in just being saved and do and live the way we want to live because we then missed the part that he keeps saying, not only did I save you and sealed you, but I am also here for you to start to learn how to live the spiritual Christian life that will be displayed through you. And unfortunately, we're, we miss it. Unfortunately, we haven't decided on how to do it, what to do. And here's the secret to all of this stuff. It's not what we decide how to do it and stuff. It is God's, you, the Holy Spirit would love for you to know what to do. But when you don't have a relationship, you're not going to know what to do. And many of us, are probably wanting to do things that we feel is good, but that don't mean that's what God wanted us to do. And that's where the struggles are. Give you a perfect example. Many of preachers probably are called by God, but they want to be pastors, and God didn't call them to be pastors. Because that's what they want to do. Never having that relationship with the Holy Spirit to let him guide them into what he wants them to do. Because we done followed what the traditions of man done said versus what the Christian life of the Spirit is trying to do for you personally. Because when people come and say, well, I'm called by God to preach, preach what? Preach the word. To who? Well, I'm supposed to be a pastor. Oh, why? Well, who said? Have you asked the Spirit, what does God want you to be and do? And many of us are so frustrated. Many of us are so unhappy with our Christian life because we refuse to want to do what the Spirit is trying to teach us and grow us into doing. 
And so we don't live satisfied. We don't live in peace. We don't have that joy because we are too busy fighting what the Spirit is trying to grow us into, which is what God created. And it's hard. And a lot of us do not understand that because I have to admit, we don't teach it. We don't tell you. We don't encourage you. And now here's the next battle. Not only do we not teach you and encourage you, but then through discernment and prayer, when you bring it to the pastor or you bring it, and if, they, if the Spirit is telling him, no, that's not the way you should be going, you don't want to hear that. And so then we got to let you go. You done fell off the cliff, and you're mad again. But when we start to learn what, what, the, what the Scripture says, and we learn his ministry, his ministry is to bring first salvation to your life to have you born again and to seal you to the day of redemption in Christ. His next job, once, see, he, he's not, see, this is our problem. We think once we get saved, God's through. That's where we, we see, that's why we so, the way we are. We feel once we get saved, that's it. I can go do what I want to do. We forget to emphasize that you are a baby in Christ. And you, once you are born again, the Holy Spirit's job now, after he done sealed you, marked you, and said, you don't have to worry about this part. But now I need to grow you into the maturity not of the fleshly life, not of your intellectual life, not of your natural life. I'm going to grow you into your spiritual life and your spiritual maturity that God wants you to grow into and become to have a difference in being used by him. And that's the part where the struggles sit. Because we have missed this. And I don't know why we have missed this. And I'm just going to be honest. And I hope this is on the world. I don't care who hear it. The reason why we are in the state that we are in, and the Bible says it, is because our teachings and our growth has lost its spiritual connection with the Holy Spirit, and we are declining into our own ways and our own actions and saying, I'm saved, and that's enough. And missing the whole experience that of the Christian life. That's why the word to veil, pain, laborious, what it means is you're laboring in your salvation. You're, you're not laboring to be saved. You're laboring to grow into the life 
and the spirituality that Christ is trying to get you to become. And many of us have decided, well, I don't want to be like him. He wants to use you because if he is the savior of the world, he wants to demonstrate that through the body of Christ. And we need to do better. So the first question is, notice what Jesus did. What's the unasked question that Jesus answered for Nicodemus? What's the unasked question? See, see a lot of times, this is, I love this part. A lot of times we don't know what to ask God. But God already know what you need to, <laughs> need to know, and he'll tell you. But see, this is what's so beautiful about it. You can see these things in Scripture. Jesus asked, Nicod answered Nicodemus because Nicodemus didn't even ask the question because it's right there in verse 3. Jesus answered and said, see, Nicodemus didn't even ask the question. He made a statement in verse 2. This man, came to, this man came to Jesus by night. He said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do the thing, these signs that you do unless God is with him. That's all he said. But Jesus says, Jesus is answering him. He made a statement. Jesus, he didn't ask him a question. He, he made a statement. He's confirming that you are from God. Jesus says to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, he asks a question that Nicodemus didn't even ask. God will answer stuff that you didn't even ask. Now, do you now see? That's why I want you to see if you really watch this, you see us in this. Because Jesus gave him an answer and a, to a question, and Nicodemus sort of was like, well, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> and watch this. Many of us, when God speaks to us, we sometimes have to realize and be truthful. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Lord, thank you. I have no idea what you're talking about. But that's good, because that should make you be more probing and questioning and asking more to get deeper into God. Because Nicodemus sure did. Because then, when he, his next thing, Jesus, what does Jesus compare the Holy Spirit to? And this is why, see, now this comparison is so important. He compares it to the wind. And what is it about things that we can't control? What do we want to do with stuff we can't control? 
What'd you say? Flip it off? What'd you say? We want to try to control it. So watch this. We have humanized his ministry so we can control it. And that's why we so baffled and confused because we keep trying to control him instead of trying to follow him. And he letting you know you ain't going to control me. You can do what you want, but you're not going to control me. Because he, he can say the same thing that God the Father said and that God the Son said. I am God. <laughs> Mike, Kenny, Mike. Turn it on. Go ahead. I'll say what you said. Bring it in. Right. That's a good question. You're saying, did Nicodemus think he could not be saved because of Jesus, right? Right, right. That, 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 see, see, this is where that, that struggle and that battle is. Nicodemus was under, understood, I was a Jew, so I'm naturally saved through inheritance. But Jesus is already, and this is where the battles with the, with the, with the and Paul talks about it in Romans. And see, this is where this battle comes in of the people of the old covenant or the Jews, even today, do they need to be saved and born again? That's a debate. That's the big debate. Because Nicodemus, according to Abrahamic covenant, is saved. And right now, that's true. However, Jesus is already laying the new standards of salvation. Especially when it goes, when he comes and goes after, when it comes to go get the Gentiles. So he's already laying the new standard for salvation. Now, the great debate even today, are the Jews naturally saved? Well, when you look into the New Testament, there's a battle with that. Because even Paul, who was a Jew, was born again. Even the disciples was born again. So all of them Jews, you see this evidence of being born again. And so the big debate is always, are they still today naturally born again through Abrahamic covenant? Now, here's the key to this, which is off subject, but it's the ministry. God's covenant and promise don't change. So, technically, we can say they're still saved. 
sort of. By the, well, now, he got to judge them by the way they act. <laughs> See, now, don't be running around yelling. They just naturally say, and they the biggest heathens on earth. See? <laughs> but they, but then, but it, now, watch this. Now, watch this. To help their insurance, it is why Christians don't mind evangelizing to a Jew. So that they can be born again. But we do know this. Even if they're saved, that's good. But we know this about the rest of the world. They aren't. And they must be born again. So Jesus is comparing the spirit to the wind. And one of the things that is when you can start to humble yourself, and when you start to allow God to be God in your life, then you start to learn and develop the relationship with the Spirit who is God to guide you into all truth. Because that's part of his job. Jesus even said he was going to come and guide you to all truth. So, the Holy Spirit is not something we control. The Holy Spirit is something that is here to try to lead us like Christ did with the, everything and like God tried to do with Israel. See, you got to understand this one. This is a good one. God tried to lead Israel, and Israel said, uh-uh, we can't follow you. One, we can't see you. Give me a king. Jesus came, and the people said, no, we can't follow you. We even, here's the, now watch this. They told God, we can't see you, give me a king. They tell Jesus, we see you, we don't believe what we seeing. No, we ain't going to follow you. Then the Holy Spirit come back to God, we can't see you, so guess what? We not follow. Even though we know he's the spirit and you can't control him. But we try to humanize him. Now that's the part I ain't figured out. We try to humanize him when he's not human. <laughs> because we don't want to be who we supposed to be, which is spiritual. You got that? Remember, if you got that? I love that statement. I, I think I've been made it up. We trying to humanize him, and he's not human. He's trying to spiritualize us because we're supposed to be spiritual. So, what does the indication about this, uh, about what, what, what do y'all see as an indicator about the Spirit's ministry? What, what's the, what, what do you see as his ministry?
What's his ministry? You all see the word teaching in there? <laughs> That's him, Jesus. What's the ministry of the Spirit? Huh? Well, okay, that's a good word, but to teach, to, to teach us, to grow us up, don't watch what the scriptures say. Right here, his ministry. His ministry is that is born of the spirit, is spirit. So his ministry is to be the spirit now, the new spirit in you. Right. He gives birth to the spiritual life. That's his ministry. That's why Paul says talk in the spirit, walk in the spirit. See, he's telling us the spirit, these are the attributes that should be coming out of your spiritual life. Pray in the spirit. See, that's why we don't, we, 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 we keep Missing his ministry because we don't want to focus on being spiritual. What does the Holy Spirit do for us when we cannot that we cannot do for ourselves? What does he do? Yeah, okay, be spiritual and what else? Well, y'all don't, don't look here. See, y'all love running all over the Bible. You need to stick with the scriptures right there. Once you get them scriptures, then you can run all over the Bible. See, see, see we too busy trying to run all over the Bible. Yes, no, his work, see, when you can get it, you get it. There's a, nothing wrong with a systematic part of this. What he does that we can't do for ourselves is save us. That's why you can't take credit for it. He do the saving. He does the sealing. He does the redeeming power of God. He seals us till the day of redemption. We can't do that. Then also he comes and dwells in us to start the transformational life of spirituality. Well, that was the gradual, Jesus' work on the cross was a gradual end of his ministry. He, his work on the cross did not end when he died because he still rose. And he, when he rose, he still revealed himself. So the Holy Spirit's work didn't start until the day of Pentecost when he arrived. Jesus ascended, then the Spirit came.
Now we hear another great example. Even though there is evidence that God was still there, but when you look at the 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 the, 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 uh, the um, oh what are they called um, the intertestament books, the intertestament books is that four hundred and forty years between God stopped dealing with it, talking to them, <laughs> and leading them, and Jesus coming. So you have to see, it was 440 there, it was 50 after, you know, for, for, for the resurrection. See, so you got these, these times that the transferring of the work of the Godhead. Now, don't ever think that all three are separated. They just, one is more on visual display than the other one. And this is why the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so important. This is why we, his job, one of them is, to take these epistles and his churches and tell, teach them how to make us look like Jesus of the Gospels. So, these are the things that we have to look at in his work, in the ministry. He's here to make us be born again. He's here to make us understand we don't control him, he controls us. He's here to start our spiritual life because we are now born again into the spirit of God. And then he's also here to make sure, and once you settle this issue, I'm saved. I'm redeemed, and I am sealed in the body, in the, in, in, in the work, and the love of Jesus Christ, and no one can take that away from me. And once you can settle that salvation issue, now you can start working on the spiritual issues. But our biggest problem is we still fight with the salvation issue. And since we fight with the salvation issue, we don't put no focus on becoming spiritual. It sounds elementary, but it takes travailing, painful, laborious work to do it. Now let's go to John 16, 5 through 11. Notice this is talking about the work of the Spirit. But now I go away to him who sent me. None of you ask me where you're going because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. 
of sin because we do not believe because they did not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is, is judged. Now we're talking about what Jesus is saying that is going to be happening. I still have many things to say to you, but I cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. So Jesus is already letting us know what the work of the Holy Spirit is going to be doing. Now, I love this part right here, and this is what we miss. It says, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. See, now we even get to the point we don't even know what sin is no more. We done redefined it. But those that are with the Spirit of God, God is going to be convicting them of sin. They may not agree, but God is going to do the convicting work because you belong to him. So he gonna be, he's already letting you know that he's going to come to convict the world of sin. And then he's also in of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they didn't believe in who? Jesus. Then of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So now, like Abraham and like God has done, the Holy Spirit is going to seal the believer in righteousness. But he's going to convict the world of righteousness. And that's going on today. Not only do we try to change what sin is sin, we also trying to say what's wrong is right. Then he says, and here's the next one, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So, the Holy Spirit is letting us know this Satan, these principalities, these things of the ruler of this world, we're following, and he's already judged. That's why Satan can't be redeemed. He already got his judgment. And we, these are three things that his, the work of the Spirit is here to do. And sin, now how much of a battle are these three things in a believer's life and in the world are we struggling with? This is his job. He's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to show the righteousness of God. And he's already letting you know what you're trying to follow. The devil is already judged. And if this is not a daily fight, 
If this is not an illuminated thing in this world today, then we need to check our own spirituality because this has been illuminated. The world is sinful and don't care. It don't care if it's right or wrong as long as it satisfies self. And the ruler of this world is driving it. Now, this is where I have a little struggle. We say, well, what would Jesus do? But what did Jesus say the Spirit is here to do? And watch this. Jesus said it won't speak on its own. It's going to speak what, the, what it hears to do. And we done twisted Jesus. <laughs> and this is why it's so important to understand what he's here to do. Because, okay, when Jesus said that he was departing, what was, why did he tell the disciples it was important for him to go? So that the Holy Spirit can come. And what's he coming to do? Not only is he here to convict the world, but he's also here to do what? Reveal all truth. Because Jesus is saying, oh, I can't stay with you. Because the word now needs to be illuminated into all truth. And this is going to be his job. See, right now, disciples, you people got the truth, but the world don't have the truth. But when I leave, the world, and Romans talks about it, will not be able to be able to tell God he's unjust because once the spirit come then the world will be convicted and will know the truth that's why he's here tell to reveal the truth convict the world of sin show righteousness and let you know you following the wrong dude because he's already judged. <laughs> so, Jesus had to leave because in his natural, human, godly state, he couldn't touch the whole world. But when he went by leaving a spirit that has no boundaries, no fleshly nature, can go and do and be as big as it needs to be. In his earthen nature, Jesus was not the Christ until he got back to the Father, and now he is in his big divine nature. But he loved us so much that he limited himself to this earthen body. But then he had to go. To reach the world, he needed to allow the Holy Spirit to come. That's why he had to go. 
not only the cross work, but for the Holy Spirit to come and do his work. And how does he refer to the Holy Spirit? Now, this is when we get into these big debates today. He calls you, he says he's your helper, and what else? He's your comforter, but now they don't say that in the scriptures. <laughs> he's, he says you, he goes, Sid, the helper, right? And, and, and the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, now watch this. I will send his two things that he distinguishes about him. Well, I just used one word. One, he calls him the helper. The second thing, now this is where this new debates come in, this personal pronoun of him. <coughs> he describes him in a male form. Now, the news Bibles and non-gender Bibles and all these other Bibles that we keep trying to come up with, the gays and lesbian Bibles and all of this stuff, see, they try to take these personal pronouns out and want to put spirit or not giving God a, 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 a genderous or masculine type of personality of whom he is. So we want to redefine how Jesus described him. Because we want to reinvent a God we want. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Him. That's, that's a fail. But today, since we want to be gender neutral, since we want to be uh, non uh, male, since we say God is a spirit, we don't want to define none of God in a male pronoun. Because we feel today the Bible and the word, the way it was written in its original form wasn't good enough. See, I believe the Bible was written without error. The inerrancy of the Bible in its original form. Now, what's making it in, have an error and inerrancy? The man is trying to humanize what God done said to fit what type of God he wants. Or they won't. And that's why people are struggling with the word of God. Because they know now that inerrancy is no longer what they feel is true. But how, watch this. The thing that I can rest on is based on this scripture right here. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. 
for I do not go away. The helper will not come to you, but I, if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, this is the key, that he is going to reveal the truth. He is the spirit of truth. He's going to take God's words and give us the truth when we want to function in the truth or in what we want him to be. This is why we are constantly changing what the way we want to interpret the scriptures. Because the truth of God is the work and the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. Because later on it tells us what he is the truth about. And then like, like what we just done went through. Now watch this. Now I'm pretty, you see, God, we done went through it already. It's two things that we are having a problem believing today. I'm just using these as an analogy to this. One, we just went through election. And most of the people don't believe the election. So they think it's something wrong with the election. They didn't like the process. They didn't like the way it went. So now the truth of things is distorted. Then the next thing that we are starting to face, when they bring the vaccines in, we really have a hard time believing them on whether they're going to be effective or not and whether they're going to be safe enough to do. Because the truth has been distorted. And the same thing Satan is trying to do with the word of God is because he wants to distort the Bible so that we can now no longer put our faith and trust in it and we kind to question it. But the thing that we got to understand and know is the spirit of truth whether we believe this book or not, it's still in us. And his job is to protect the words of God and reveal them in the physical. So we'll see all of this stuff you can see. You see, when, they, when you can start getting the truth distorted, now you don't know the truth. But if you don't have that relationship with God and the Holy Spirit, you don't know the truth. Oh. Right.
right. That's Right, and these are, and when you, when the Holy Spirit is working, He's going to reveal and help you and tell you the truth. But see, we done got so conf- so confused with this with 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 the world that we done lost or or never gain or don't have that ability to allow the Spirit to reveal the truth. And and so our problem is so we so we 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 got to understand the the more you grow spiritually the more you the, see the more you can handle and deal with the truths of things. We did. We developed a reprobated mind because we ignoring the truth. Well, that's true. And the biggest thing, even we see. Here's the thing, huh? What? Well, he, okay. He, he, go ahead. Right. See, that's what Morgan Freeman, sort of be on Facebook, did say something that's true. You believe, you, you, you know the truth, you see the truth, but we believe the lie. And that's a lot of what our spirituality is starting to become. We know the truth, we see the truth, but we don't want to believe that truth. We want the lie. So, and that's our problem today. Is, is, and so, when we, so the Holy Spirit, this is why he's so important. Because we can constantly be so deceived from the truth. And see, so our, see, we sit, see what's making the church the way, you know, people, it's function. They come in here and they want the truth and they want they want the people to believe, they want to believe things, but yet and still they're not able to digest the truth because they don't have their spiritual life going toward the truth. So if it don't make sense intellectually, if it don't make sense logically, if it don't make sense emotionally, we reject it. And this is why the church got a problem with the spirit because we can't fit him into our human ways. And he's trying to tell us, I'm trying to fit you and help you be in your spiritual ways. That's why we don't preach about him. That's why we don't push him. That's why we, you're naive to him because we really not trying to know him and what he's here to do. And last couple of things real quick. Notice what it says real quick. 
What does the title imply about the Spirit's ministry? What is his ministry? <laughs> that too, but in the scripture, John 16. Now, that's below. We went 5 through 11. All two was in 13 and 14. <laughs> we didn't read this. What, yeah, what's his, job, what's his ministry? What word is his ministry? The helper. So he's here to help us live that life. Then, what does Jesus say the Holy Spirit will do for the world? Convict the world of its sins, show the righteousness, and hold on, you're missing it. He, he's going to show that the ruler of this world is already judged. That's the three things he's here to do. That's part of his work. Huh? You didn't know what? He's all, that's why he can't be, see, that, see some, of the, watch this, some of the new teachings is that God is going to redeem Satan. Well, the Bible already then said he can't be redeemed because he's already been judged. That's why I'm glad I'm not with him. Because we haven't went through our judgment. Neither has the non-believer. Humans haven't been judged. But Satan has. And that's why he wants to take the world with him. And if you don't know God's righteousness, you don't know right from wrong. If you don't know God's ways and, 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 and what's, what God calls sin, you don't know what's sin. But the Spirit is here to let you know. That's why his ministry, thank you Jesus, is here. And it is so, so vital. But then, see, when you start learning about him and what he's here to do, then you can start to rejoice and, 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 and live and start to pursue what he's here to help you to do. And he is not, he was here not only to save you, seal you, and ensure that Satan can't get you, he's also here so that you can start to live and grow and labor into the Christian life, which is spiritual. He's getting you ready to where you're going. And that's 
where the fights are. Know where we're going and who we really are. And when we understand those things, then we can start to be where God has called us to be and do the work that he then created us to do. And the Holy Spirit is here to help you. Now notice the word help. You don't tell him what to do. <laughs> when somebody's here to help, they ain't here to listen to you because you don't know what <laughs> you, you don't know what you need help doing. See, that's our problem. He's here to help us go where we he already know we supposed to be going, and we over here telling him, well, you don't know what we doing. And he's sitting over here telling me, I'm the helper. <laughs> I'm your tutor. I'm your person that is trying to teach you and be your mentor to where you need to go. How you going to tell them what to do? So, next week we will continue on in the ministry work of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to really enjoy it because it's some good stuff. Very good stuff. And I pray that this stuff is really helping you. And I, I pray that this gives you light that you can see. And I pray that the truth is starting to illuminate in your spirit. And I pray that your drive is willing to let God grow you into what you are born again into. But understand this, Jesus travailed on the cross. He labored in the pain of the cross. We are also designed in our Christian walk to go through the pain and the travailing of growing into the spiritual life that we are called to do, just like a woman in a natural birth through the nine months, and when the labor pains come, she travails to give birth to a child. And now, when we are born again, we are now have been given birth to a new life in Christ through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
you, okay. Go ahead. And let's see if we can get something. I don't know, Jesus. Lord, give us wisdom to find a, the solution to this problem. This don't make no sense. That every time that we try and get the word out, there's a blockage and there's a hindrance, Lord. Yeah. We thank you, God, for wisdom. We thank you for understanding. Lord, we bind the spirit of frustration right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, and we thank you, God, for our help coming quickly. Help coming quickly. You said if we ask for wisdom, you give it to us freely. And we need your wisdom. We need your wisdom concerning this matter. We, am I on? That's what we're getting. Okay. You can hear me just a little bit, though. It's, you can hear me say, am I on? Testing. Testing, testing. Are you still recording me or no? Okay. Okay. Um, we've reset it. We started it over.